0: welcome back to the shut the hell up and sell podcast my name is Ronel richards i am your host I'm the author of Shut the Hell Up and Sell. And I want to thank you all for tuning in this week and, and gifting us with your presence. It means the world, man. I hope that we're bringing value to you guys out there. And if we're not, or there's something you want us to talk about, feel free to leave us a message. Go to Spotify. Um, we're on every platform, but on Spotify, you can leave us messages. And you know, I'm, I'd, I'd love nothing more for you to leave either a message of encouragement or something that you want to talk about. Um, and you know, we, that's something that we can talk about on a future podcast and give you a little shine, give you a little plug, give your business a plug. So please if, feel free to leave us messages on that platform. You can also listen to us on Apple. You can watch us on YouTube. Um, but all of those links are on our main website, shut the hell up So if you go to the website, you can always get connected to all of that good stuff. All right, guys, I've got another banker this one, this this interview this this week, I'm, I'm really excited about because our guest has some expertise that, quite frankly, not a lot of people have. And it um, and is really a rock star in the world of Amazon and Amazon sales. And it, it's going to going to bring some 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 um, some knowledge and wisdom today that I think that a lot of you guys could benefit from because I think all of us are thinking about how we can kind of tap into that massive platform that is that is Amazon so with that said and no further ado I want to introduce and welcome my friend Michael Maher what's going
1: on my guy hey man first first of all thanks for having me and second of all I thought you were telling me to shut the hell up right at the beginning but I just forgot that. Yeah. Well, no, I, <laughs> it, listen, I will,
0: I'll let you know when it's time to shut the hell up. That's what I do with all the guests. Like, <laughs> if you start drawing it on. I'm going to be like, shut the hell up guy. I'm just kidding. I've, you would be the first that I would tell to shut the hell up. I haven't done it yet. And, and I have a feeling that's not going to happen today, Hey, man. I've heard way worse.
1: I've heard way worse. And sometimes, you do just kind of need to shut that. You know hell what?
0: Up. You're right, and my wife has told me that many times. If she's listening, she, she'll uh, <laughs> she'll corroborate that. Yeah, she's like, I've yeah.
1: I've been there too, man. I just celebrated 14 years back in um, probably about That's a month ago, up. and that was kind of crazy. That's what up. That's yeah. what's up. Congratulations! I know I, know I don't look f- even 14, but yes, I I celebrated 14 as a marriage. And if you're 12, you just and you know, you just go for it, you know. <laughs> If you're 12 and you know,
0: that's crazy, man. Because for me, it's been 24, 25. And like I, like you said, when you're 12, you know, I'm like, man, sometimes when you're eight, you know, you know, and when I was eight, I was like, you just go I know, it, let's you know. go, let's do it. And like, here we are 24 years
1: later. <laughs> <laughs> that's so crazy. Congrats. And that is, I think just anyone who, who's who been in a relationship that long, Um, you know, when you're committed to someone like that. That is an accomplishment. So if it's a year, if it's two years, I congratulate those people and just say, "Congrats no doubt. on like on doing." I that think investment. it
0: actually might speak to our sales skills. What do you think? Right,
1: salesmanship, right? Huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think so. I- and I think the first lesson there for me was just like, just attract the right you know the right person. Whoa, are you are, get 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 yourself get yourself are ready.
0: Are you really like hitting on a concept in the book? Wow. <laughs> Terrific alignment. <laughs> yes. If you have not picked up your copy of Shut the Hell Up and Sell, go get it right now. It's on Amazon. It's killing it. and and let me show a little gratitude. Thank you to all of you that have that went out when we launched the book and just got your copy right, or, right away. Um we just really we blew up we blew up Amazon, man. Um, and so um, if you haven't got your copy yet, go get it. Michael's talking about either intentionally or unintentionally. One of our core philosophies that we talk about in the book, which is high alignment, man. Like put yourself out there. So so this can apply to you in sales or it can apply to you in finding that mate. So you can have someone to hang out with you for 14 years. Put yourself out there. Be authentic. right? <laughs> your authentic self. Uh, look for. Folks that you've got high alignment with, and the next thing you know, you got either a cell or you've got 14 years of wedded bliss. All right, let's get into let's get into the pod, man. It's working. All right, so my first question to you is: um, Can you tell our audience a little bit about what it is that you do, and and your company and and, and title, all that good stuff, right?
1: (laughs) Sure. So my company is Cartology. And a little play on the aspect of the cart and the study of of the cart, the shopping cart, which is uh, you know what a lot of e commerce sites have, where you actually go and check out. Um, we focus on growing brands and getting them profitable on Amazon. And I say profitable because growth is is very sexy, and seven, eight, nine figure businesses; those numbers are sometimes benchmarks for people. But what keeps your shorts on and what feeds you and your family is that profitability. And so you may not be profitable as soon as you launch as a brand on Amazon. And most aren't if they're really trying to aggressively grow and capture market share. But getting to a place of profitability, it's an important thing to know. And a lot of times it just starts with knowing what your actual costs are and then having a plan to get there. But when it comes to what we do, we we holistically manage that entire channel for the brands that we work with there's there's resellers on amazon there's private label sellers and then there are brands and we really see the long-term play the long game with brands because they've got a story to tell they can bring people in you know a second a third a fourth time and they've got longevity whereas there's not a lot of ip uh with those with those other two kinds of sellers and holistically managing it means Amazon is its own ecosystem. It's not just another marketplace, it's not just a website. It is mm. its own ecosystem and they have done an incredible job of building something and I think what we first at cartology do is help people to better understand why Amazon's important and and how people interact with it because that helps us to get to the back. Nice. If someone if someone doesn't know or understand how Amazon works. It's really easy to, I mean, it's, it's like not knowing your target audience and just talking about yourself. This is what I do. This is what I do. This is what I do. But what about the person that you're speaking to? Do you know what it is that they want? Do you know who, who you're, who you're going after? And if you don't know what their behavior's like on the platform, I think you're, you're, you're going to lose and and you may you might do okay but i think you're going to miss out on maximizing that potential so managing that ecosystem and it starts with something basic like what does your real estate look like the 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 strategy on amazon it's pretty simple it, it's it's not that complicated the execution of it that's where it gets more complex and that's what we do is we create strategy based on what your goals are for your business and also help you take a step back if your goals are not based in reality and say, Hey, you want to do $2 million in sales on Amazon, but you only want to spend $500 to $1,000 a month in ads. That's not realistic. So one of those things is going to have to adjust, but we, we help set that strategy and then we actually go out and execute it for you becoming your team. Because like you said before, there are not a lot of people who really know how to successfully grow and manage entire brands. On Amazon, there are people different aspects of it that that know, but there there is a serious talent shortage in that area. So you either have to hire externally, or you have to have a lot of money to build something internally. And most people, I would say, don't have that. And and we 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 take care. So check of that, that for
0: out, it. guys. I asked, I asked Michael, "What do you do?" And he gave you guys a mini masterclass on Amazon sales. There you go. That's what you
1: get. So Set much the hell man. up and sell. There's so much. There's so much to know. There's so much to know with Amazon, and I don't. I don't even say that I am the Amazon expert anymore. I mean, am I an expert at it? Sure. But I don't even say that anymore because I don't think that's the most important thing. I want to help you to better understand more about Amazon. And they're like, people say, man, that's a great niche to be in. But if you come inside the Amazon room, there's niches Mm. inside of there. And I'm like, man, I'm managing the entire brand and that we still have partners that we work with that, that do things that we don't do. But we're managing the entire brand that doesn't feel like a niche when you're a part of this this big e- ecosystem. all right
0: all right thank you for sharing and again guys you got a mini master class on on amazon and um and success on the platform now i want to get into i, I want to get into your history a little bit because you know part of what we're about with shut the hell up and sell and the the whole philosophy behind the behind the book is we, we you know we want to build we want to bring the joy back in sales we want to build pride in sales we want people to be proud to call themselves salespeople, and so we we want to embrace um all aspects of it and part of it just starts with like hey this question i like to ask all of our guests is like when was your what was your first sales job what was it like and i've heard lots of different answers to that and it's been uh um, whether it is teenage years and retail or um uh, it's first out of college corporate thing. So like, I want to ask you that question, uh, Michael, when, when was your first sales job?
1: My first sales job was mowing yeah, lawns. Tell me about it. I would go around the neighborhood, take my, um, lawnmower at my house. And I hated mowing my lawn because I didn't get paid <laughs> for it, <laughs> but I love mowing other people's lawns because I got paid for it. And I had a very specific goal in mind. I had this I wasn't good at skateboarding, but I wanted to to buy my own skateboard and I had a used one. And so I wanted to buy something that was brand new. And that was really that was my first job. But I had to go in in, and tell people like, you know, hey, I'm here to mow your lawn and and negotiate prices and and figure all that stuff out. And hindsight's always twenty twenty, but I didn't even really consider myself an entrepreneur until I turned thirty. But when I look back, I'm like, oh, I've been an entrepreneur since I started my business in 2010. Oh, I this was entrepreneurial. I managed a, a band that I was in in high school and college and had to promote us and and that was like a business. And there's a lot of other things that I saw leading up to that. But th- I mean, that was that was that was it. That was the the first thing that really I think
0: that's something that a lot of my us foray can identify sales. with the salespeople and, and entrepreneurs, right? Is those childhood selling stuff for me um yeah i sold a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> i sold some things that you couldn't get away with selling today like might get you uh might get the police called on you at school i don't i don't yeah. need any of that so okay guys I, just so that we can clear it up i don't want anyone thinking oh now was a childhood drug dealer or something no no what? i sold like yeah. these uh ninja stars yeah i yeah that's oh, the craziest okay. thing and this is like single digits i'm like eight years old and i'm selling my neighbor i don't know they had they were able to get this those ninja stars and i was selling these dangerous weapons <laughs> at cool anyway hey man you're just, just, trying to, trying to buck, man. just trying to make a buck just trying to make a bug. so yeah. <laughs> so uh you mentioned um managing your 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 band or managing bands was that your first like um adult level like sales job
1: managing bands yeah, I think so because and and it started in high school but it was all encompassing and I had to take a a product if you think about it I did take the 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 product of the music that we created and get us more visibility and get us more shows. I I wanted to be a rock star. That was my yeah. that was my goal. And I didn't make it there yet. We we'll, we'll see. There there's still time, but uh I it was about selling someone on why we should play at your club and why we should be a part of this tour or um and you know, what year what year was why that we Let's, should play with your band i want to
0: put a number to it
1: uh it was probably i would say 16 17 all right so um and just spending my summer no, what like, year like actual days after year school. oh actual year it would have been
0: all right so let's imbr- let's go ahead and put a number there. i like to embrace on this platform on this podcast we want to embrace how many years we've been in the game how long have we been selling and so you know you started so i always like to ask people when did you first start getting a check for selling when you start making some money it sounds like that you were doing that early with selling but with you know clearly you're
1: I don't know. We made a ton of it's not money. not about how much money you we, made? We, we got <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. We did we did get like nominated for some the guys I was in a group with, we did get nominated for like a it was called a CEA or Cincinnati Entertainment yeah. Award, nominated for like best new band. Because even though we've been together for a while, we kind of went through a couple different iterations. So I mean that was kind of cool. We didn't win it, but it it was nice to to be um nominated by the Academy. The Academy the of Academy. Just, we'll just call it C-A-A. All right. C A A, is that what you said? C-I-A. C-A.
0: We're CEA, what is called the Cincinnati Entertainment don't say Awards. Cincinnati because then people will yeah, be like, C-A. it sounds okay. bigger when you say CEA, just say CEA, they'll think yeah, it's. Yeah, the Collective
1: <laughs> Entertainment Academy, there we go. All right,
0: so um, we're going back to like O2 for you, so that is that is almost 20 years ago when you first started to make a check in sales, which is pretty cool, man, let's clap that out virtually, I wish I had one of those little buttons, I need a producer producing this thing, that's going to be like. Yeah, a, you do, ah, man. You know, do like the morning show stuff.
1: You just add that. You can just add it well, in afterwards. You man. know,
0: what? I could, but then it wouldn't be. It just seems like, yeah. So yeah. I think season two, we need more people um, subscribing and listening. And by so share the podcast, people share the people. More subscribers we get, the more listeners we get. Then we'll continue to grow it and make it better. And we'll bring in a producer.
1: I'll promote the hell out of this. Uh, well, so well, I'll, I'll thank do my you, part. Sir.
0: So we'll bring in a producer and and then I can have somebody to do all the bells and whistles and bings and, (laughs) and all the sound effects. All right. So, um, Michael, you know, in, in the sales world, um, you know, we don't have like, there's not a lot of structure when it comes to like education. Right. What I mean by that now there there are higher institutions of, of higher education now that are starting to do more with like sales, right. They're starting to create some, some sales programs, but, for a long time for us as sellers um how we learned is we learned through mentorship and coaching right and and what i like to call even like apprenticeship um much like you know bakers and like things all of those those crafts those ancient crafts right like you have the master and you have the apprentice and so a lot of what we learn in sales that from the people that 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 were mentoring us and coaching us and and passing that information down and I think that's super important moving forward. Even as, as these, higher, these institutions of higher education are starting to do more, there's still a need for mentorship and coaching. So on this platform, I always like to call attention to the unsung heroes in our story, right? I want to give, I, w- I would like you to give a shout out to an unsung hero in your story. And this is someone that coached, mentored, or maybe just gave you a, a word of wisdom or advice along the way that has that impacted you and has stayed with you to this day. This is your opportunity to shout out an unsung hero that is part of your story.
1: A great unsung hero. I've got some sung heroes. You're you're a sung hero Thank for you. me. I mean, you're you're not not visible you, and you've coached me in sales, but if, if I really want to talk about someone who's impacted me professionally, it's my oh. accountant. His name's Todd Franz and just a super cool dude. The way he was initially, uh, I was introduced to him or he, he was described to me was the kind of accountant where he'd be wearing flip-flops in the office and then, uh, you know, someone would come in and he, he would put on like his nicer outfit um, to, you know, to impress them when I think that stuff mattered a little bit more, but he's been so, I mean he he yeah, he does my taxes, but he's helped me in so many regards, and honestly, just even think a little bit more highly of myself and help me to understand you you like your the service that you're providing it's it's worth more, you're not charging enough you you're helping people go go look this up, go do this, um, hey, I'm noticing your business is like this. We could go this way or the, here's another thing you might want to think about. Do you want to go for volume? Do you want to go for more profitability? And just countless lessons over the past maybe six to eight years uh, that he didn't have to tell me any of that stuff, but he did. And he'd spent time with me and I regularly, you know, maybe once a quarter or so, I will go out to eat, grab a bite, grab a drink or something uh, and just kind of, you know, shoot the shit, talk and he, of course, at the end, like, hey, I noticed this in your taxes, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I noticed this in your books. And that's like the, you know, one minute out of an hour and a half. But he just built into me. And, and I am so grateful for that. So much so that I have people that I have started to mentor intentionally because I know, like, this person could could absolutely use some some help and assistance. I could be that person. And I've had so many people build into me. I I want to be a part of that. that
0: Well, shout out to todd and um again guys the focus in this is just i want our listeners i want you guys to understand the importance of mentorship in um and and really teaching the soft skills teaching the teaching the the craft right and even you know sales stuff can come from some unconventional mentors like people that aren't necessarily you know always the sales in this in the sales profession Um, So for those of you that are listening that aren't necessarily in in the sales profession, which I know we'll have some of those listeners as well, um, I wanna encourage you to to mentor, share your wisdom, coach, pay pay it forward. If you've had some success, um, help somebody else to success. I know it's absolutely, in my opinion, in sales, it's absolutely critical because we don't have one, um, really a, a sound structure for educating salespeople. And that the the structures that exist, whether it be in institutions of higher education or it be in corporate training, does not teach the soft skills. They don't really do well in teaching their relationship skills. They don't really do well in the new the nuance. They don't they don't do well in the philosophy and the why, like we talk about in the book. All right, Michael. Now it's storytelling time. Storytelling with Michael Maher. All right, so. Um, I would like you to share a story with the audience. Um, and 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 this story has to be something that it can be good, bad, whatever. But a story, a real story from your career, from your life that has helped to shape your philosophy. Because, again, the book is about philosophy and tactical execution. Because I feel that unless you understand the why, unless you have that, you get religion, you have that philosophy that fuels your actions. Yeah. You're less likely to be likely to be successful. So, if you could please, my friend, um, the floor is yours.
1: I'm gonna pull from something current, and I, it, it it was less of a shape. Well, it was a shaper, but it it was more affirmation that what I was doing was right, and the choice I made was right. And it is getting started building my agency over the past six years. A lot of it started with, you know, one-off projects, consulting, freelance work, and went really general e-commerce. I started my agency after my e-commerce business crashed. That's the quickest way to, to, to get to the point there. And I had to, to quickly pivot and say, hey, I've got this skill set. What am I going to do with it? And started to go after freelance and consulting work. And consulting is kind of general, but really it was anything from I can help you create a product listing. I can help you advertise on Amazon. I even went general e-commerce, like helped people with SEO on their websites and just really found that Amazon niche and and, and went for it and ha- had people that said, don't be just a digital marketer. There's lots of digital markers, you know, go with Amazon. Amazon's like the, the way to go. Um, so I took that advice and there were times where I would contract for other people and I would help that help their business to grow by helping their clients. And there was a a lot of different client interactions, but I always believed in and had great parents and other people that built into me to, to do the right thing. I think even when someone's not Mm -hmm. watching, And I also just had a hell of a time getting caught too. So I kind of had to, (laughs) had to do the right thing because otherwise I was pretty much bound to get caught. But I, that was something that was instilled into me at a young age. And so I always wanted to, to, to do the right thing, even if it meant, Oh, it, you know, I might be able to make this money right here, but that's not really the right thing. And I need to, you know, go for go for this other more, more long-term thing, or, you know, I might get that, but I'm cheating someone out of something. I don't want to do that. So in working for other people i had people that would that would come to me and and say do you do anything else or do you, do you have this and and i prided myself on good work quality and building a strong connection with people and in that people would ask me if i you know do you do anything else do you can you help me with this can you do this and i would always just say i know one uh, person i worked with specifically i said Hey, you need to go back and talk to, to these people. It's, it's their business. You're their client. I'm not going to, you know, I, I it's not my, it's not my relationship. And so I think if you want them to do something, like I'm sure they, you know, they can help you, but um, it's not my place to, to do that. And I could have, you know, I was building my own agency at the time. So I very easily could have swooped in and tried to, uh, to take them, but I didn't ended up. Uh, I learned some, some things for that, that, that company, uh, I also learned some things not to do uh, at that company and, and so that was a, a big shaper for me but it helped me to to get more experience and and to grow in, in building my agency and a couple years later after you know I, I, was, I was no longer working with them uh, this client that I I used to to help reached out to me he said hey we're we're looking to to make a change and I wanted to reach out and you know, talk about what working together would look like. Uh, and so, I, uh, you know, had the conversation and just said, you know, tell me about what's going on. Try to be fair to to, to what they had been through because they were still with this previous uh, person that I had, um, you know, I provide services for it. and, you know, try to be fair, but just said, look, hey, here are the things I think that you're doing. And here's what I think could be improved upon. And here's where I think we could, we could help you to, to grow and to be better. Um, and they ended up, deciding to, to work with us I don't think if I had so that was to me was an affirmation that you know I could have had a short-term gain in some way um, yeah I can do extra services for you on the side I can do all this other stuff but it just didn't feel like the right thing for me to do and so I maybe had an opportunity to sell them on something but instead of doing that I said you know what that's not my really my place and so i'm gonna step aside and say you know talk talk with this talk with this this other agency and you know it, it was like planting a seed i, I love that gardener metaphor as, a, as an entrepreneur but also as a as a human when you spend time with people and you have interactions with people you're planting seeds and um, maybe you're you know planting a seed on rocks and it's not going to take Root. but if you plant seeds in the right place, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to get fruit eventually. And so there was fruit, very direct fruit that was born from, I think, making the right call here, but also just doing good quality or great quality work and making sure that I delivered on what I said I was going to do, that I upheld my promises, oh. uh, that I showed up and did what I was supposed to do. So in doing that good quality, but, but making the right decision, it's led to something that's been way more lucrative to me and is still currently paying me dividends based on those. Michael, what a
0: beautiful lesson. And that you, you actually touched on two concepts that's lessons that are, that are in the book. The one is doing great work, right? Doing that great, um, quality work, that referral, quality work, doing that great work. Cause unless you are doing great work, Um, if you're not doing that, you're not going to be able to build that relationship right to where people can come back long-term. The second thing that I heard in that from you is that, and and I know this is something that sellers you're, you're challenged with, you're challenged with making decisions in the moment for quick money or quick quota relief that could potentially compromise either your integrity or compromise your long-term success. If you're a seller and you're listening to this podcast, you need to understand that you are operating a business. Yes, you represent whatever that badge is that's embroidered on your backpack. But at the end of the day, the number one company you represent is your company, Seller uh, LLC, right? Like long mm-hmm. after you leave that company or you go do something else, the relationships that you're building today, the the service that you're providing today the impact you're you're providing today can benefit you long into the future so you got to understand that sometimes that requires and we talk about this in the book you making hard decisions decisions that your companies might might not like but you got to realize again you are as a seller you're an entrepreneur you're an entrepreneur in the corporate world for those of you that are entrepreneurs <laughs> it's the same challenge um, like Michael's saying, you can make a decision today that could potentially, um, you know, impact your long-term success. And you're making that that, that decision maybe out of um, desperation, right? And um, I, what I've seen is desperate decisions usually aren't the, the best ones, right? When we're making decisions for some quick money, um, we're either not providing, we're, we're choosing to do something that we're not great at doing and we're not gonna produce great outcomes like we talk about in the book, or you are compromising, potentially compromising yourself like the example that Michael just used. But when you make those good decisions and you focus, it's not really hard guys. You just you just need to be focused on one, delivering great outcomes and creating relationships, <laughs> great relationships. If you do that, you let that be your guide, then you'll be able to benefit um, like Michael's story. That was fantastic and I appreciate that my friend. Um, my next yeah. question for you, because now you've shared a, a beautiful story with a great lesson that people can take from this. I want to get into the tactical now. Uh, I, you know, I would like you to share something, some, a piece of sales advice or a tip, um, for, you know, how people can be, I'm not going to frame it. You can lean into whatever direction you want to go whether Amazon or whatever. But the only thing that's important is that whatever you're sharing is specific practical and tactical so that someone can, listening to this podcast, can step away from this podcast and put action to whatever it is that you're about to share.
1: So I don't think, I think data is important. I don't think it's the only thing. What I mean by that is if someone tells you, hey, that hurt my feelings, you don't need to say, show me some data behind (laughs) that. Like if you care about this person and you hurt their feelings, maybe you just Mm -hmm. apologize. And people can argue with data. It doesn't mean that they look great doing it, but I've had clients or prospects argue with data that I give them. And at that point, I think it's clear to me that this may just not be the right relationship to invest in. But my tactical advice to people out there is to know their industry and do the research to know and understand the talking points that can back up what your what you're selling. And and for me, it's knowing it's knowing information about Amazon and yeah, knowing how much revenue was made on Amazon last year in the US 310 billion, knowing that there's a billion visitors to Amazon each month. Knowing that stuff is important, but more specific information helps me to frame up why someone can benefit from partnering with us and allowing us to help them to be. I, I see us as a supporting actor, supporting actress. We're helping push this person, this brand into the limelight to 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 play that lead role. And I'm good. And I'm good with that role. But one of the ways I can help frame that for people is by helping them understand not just you know, why you might need our service, why you might benefit from it, but how is Amazon even important to your brand? If I tell you that, you know, a lot of people go to Amazon to look for products. Okay, cool. If I tell you 53% of people go directly to Amazon to even look or find a product that's over Google, that's over any other search engine, any other place that's a little bit more quantifiable. And that tells you, oh man, majority of people that are going and looking for products, they're going and doing it on Amazon. So Amazon's not just a marketplace. It's not just a place you buy products, but it's a search engine. It's the largest product-based search engine, at least in the US. And then, and, and what's what's interesting is a lot of this data, I think, is readily available. And even some of my peers, when I talk about some of the data that I have, it's stuff that Amazon's releasing. It's not that crazy, but I use it to my advantage. So when I, t- when I talk to a prospect about, or even clients about how are we creating strategy for Amazon? And I say, we have to look at how people are shopping and using Amazon. And if we know that that's going to help us to make better decisions about how to, to get the revenue that, that we want. And some of the best information to have was released in Amazon's letter to shareholders for 2021 that they released at the beginning of this year. And it just talked about the pace at which people shop on Amazon. Um, by the way, I ordered this sunset just to perfectly come in as I, I give this that? information. So you're welcome for, for, you're welcome for that. And, and the information in Amazon's letter to shareholders said that 28% of people are making a purchase decision on Amazon from the time they get onto the site to when they actually purchase. 28% are making that decision in three minutes or less. That's super quick. And 50% of people, so half the people, are making a purchase decision in 15 minutes or less. Now, that's cool data to know. So don't just know the data, but know how it applies to what you're talking about. And that applies to what I'm talking about because if you aren't able to capture somebody's attention, there's a lot of stuff on, on on an Amazon search page. And There's other data that I could go into. But if you're not able to capture their attention and really succinctly get past objections that they might have and let them know that the product you have is a solution or fits a need that they, they have, they're just going to go back and search and they're going to look for something else, or they're going to see an ad on your page and they're going to click on that and they're going to go purchase that product because they're still making the decision. They're just not necessarily making that decision for your product. So knowing your industry and knowing the, the data that helps you to explain why something is important or how it impacts that person that you're selling to, that you're talking about your solution or or your product for, I think it makes it a lot more quantifiable for them and it helps them to understand, Oh, like my product detail pages on Amazon do not look good. And if 53% of people are going and finding and looking, just trying to find my product or locate my product or even do research on it. 53% Fifty-three percent of them are seeing what's on Amazon. That's a problem for me, and I need to. fix So,
0: that. so I'm going to distill that down for our audience because what I'm hearing from you is that just an increased um, a- attention to um, the to educating yourself and understanding your your industry, understanding um, the 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 data right and um so you can tap into that rational brain right by being able to to educate people because you know while people have access to a lot of information nowadays um i don't think that i mean people are still unfortunately much like you guys as you're listening right now like i i often hear from when i when i'm traveling and i'm I'm at you know different conferences and things i I often hear people give speeches when, when we're talking about sales about how educated the consumer is i just I would debate that a bit i would I would say, guys, look at yourself, how educated are you <laughs> at the time when you're making <laughs> some of us are my yeah. wife like she will if she needs to buy a a coffee maker she will she'll definitely she's definitely one of those uh, those paralysis by analysis folks, but most of us i my think father-in-law is the same way um don't do as much research as we probably should right? We just kind of like trust the sources. Well, as a seller, you have the opportunity to be that trusted source. If you, you know, lean into what Michael's talking about here and actually educate yourself so that you can educate your prospect. Don't get me wrong. There are going to be folks that, 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 that do the homework, but I would submit to you that not as many do the homework as we think in the our profession we think people are already educated i would say they're probably not as educated as you think so you have an opportunity to educate them and bring credibility to yourself and your brand by doing so so some practical direction i would think to take from this is are you scheduling time for your education um can how how do you do that well put an hour on your calendar every day Put an hour, put a count on your calendar every day. Put two hours on your calendar every week. What, whatever, once a week, whatever works for you, to where you're dedicating to your own education, um, and in your industry. Right, you're listening to this podcast, so you're already you're already dedicated to to being a professional and your and your craft and being a better salesperson. But part of that, to Michael's point, point is really educating you about. Or rather, becoming educated, more educated about your industry and about the trends in your industry, and about these these things that your your customers and your clients, your prospects are going to care about. Um,
1: so that's
0: what I heard. Did I, did I miss anything, Michael?
1: I think I think that's it. Just know know what you're talking about, and and be able to put yeah. it in context too, because I think data is is cool, and data a, a a has become a a, a hype yeah. word but if what you don't know how to put in the it context it's just a bunch what of what a numbers. great okay guys what a great point
0: let's 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 not let that one i want that to sink in for a little bit but i want you guys to really think about what michael said the data doesn't matter if it doesn't matter <laughs> okay that's what i heard like like if you yeah. have the coolest
1: data in the world to you, need you don't follow me around and just distill everything I say. Is this, is this, is, this, is this, this what is I need great. to do? Like, I, yeah, listen, I, this, this is. Yeah, this is. Everything has me, a man. cost,
0: my guy. So, like, yes, we could probably make that happen for okay. the right. <laughs> God. Um, so, okay. So, what I'm hearing in that, in that, guys, is like, you know, you gotta, you really got to know what matters. Back to the book, the book. We talk about what matters most to your to your prospect you got to know what matters most or so if you ma- if you know what matters most then you you're sharing data points that actually matter to them and you're not just spewing useless data to them because you know if i um if i want to sell the book on amazon and i want to increase our i want to do some amazon advertising on the book well then i don't really care how like i don't know screwdrivers are doing on amazon right now <laughs> right doesn't matter to me
1: yeah all right Unless you have a great recipe for a screwdriver in the book. <laughs> Ooh, now that you know, might interest like, me. You know, cross promoting.
0: But you know, yeah. maybe that's version two, huh? Maybe we can add cocktails. Huh? Ooh,
1: a cocktail per yeah. chapter. Oh, whoa. Okay. All right, man. I got ideas you for do. days. Just ideas upon ideas upon ideas, and they're and that free. Is absolutely on brand for you. They're that's free. On brand.
0: Thank you for me. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you guys that, of course, man. I, sometimes we take for granted that people know more about us than than, than they know. So, for those of you that don't know, uh, Business and Bourbon is a company that I own. So, th- this is right on brand, like cocktails and sales.
1: What? <laughs> Whoa! Boom!
0: The tagline was
1: just right, invented. So
0: I will follow you around and distill things, and you will continue to be my
1: muse. How about that? Dude, <laughs> any, any, any damn day of the week, it's, uh, yeah, it would be awesome. All right.
0: So, Michael, um, let, let, let folks know what's the best way to get a hold of you. How can people connect with you if they want to do business with you? They um, would like to pick your brain on some things. What's the best way for them to contact you?
1: If you want to contact me directly, you can get in my inbox. Michael at If you want to do well and succeed on Amazon, think Cartology. The business name is not Think Cartology. I'm still working on cartology.com. But Michael at ThinkCartology.com is a great way to get in touch with me directly. Uh, also, if you want to know anything related to Amazon, if you want to see more of my entrepreneurial journey and me talk about having a positive impact in the things that you're doing, just go and follow me on, on LinkedIn. Uh, that's a great place that I put out content. I'm starting to explore different areas, I'm starting to put a little bit of time into Twitter. I'm starting to put a little bit of time uh, into Instagram and and some additional channels, but really LinkedIn is the place where I've formulated the best and and most. uh, And guys that LinkedIn, um, link to Michael's profile will be in the show notes,
0: but feel free to click on that. Follow him on, on the other platforms on your, on Twitter and and, uh, Instagram. Um, what's your handle on those?
1: Uh, Twitter is Michael, I think at Michael J. Mara. I really should should know that. Uh, Instagram is Michael Joseph Marr. Don't
0: don't Uh, worry, man. Like you're just going to get like, um, you know, trolls on Twitter anyway. So
1: (laughs) people like, I I hate this Amazon. That's the best thing. (laughs) What I will say is Twitter has some people that are not accessible on LinkedIn are very accessible on Twitter, which is interesting to me. I haven't really cracked that nut yet but it's something that because i think they want to get visibility for themselves and so you know I, i'm not i'm not trying to be any uh, you know a rock star in there i just you know if i can go and get find prospects if i can help build visibility for my uh, business and it's something that's going to help me to be successful then uh, you know i'm willing to give it a try TikTok. tock eh. We'll know. see, listen, hey, listen wherever I, the people I are, we're to be go. proven
0: um all right, guys, thank Gotta you go. so much for your time um this this week. Michael, thank you for for being our guest and um as always, folks, as always, if you don't remember anything of all this great wisdom that was shared today, if you don't remember anything else, remember this Shh. say less, sell more. Peace out. See you next week. Hey, guys, it's Ronnell, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of the Shut the Hell Up and Sell podcast. If you liked it, please rate us five stars on whichever podcasting platform you're listening to this on. And while you're at it, punch that subscribe button. That way you get notified every time we drop a brand new episode. Hey, I'd also appreciate it if you went to our website, shutthehellupandsell.com and became a member. It's absolutely free and you'll have the opportunity to listen to previous episodes of our podcast, check out some of our free courses, get a copy of the book, and we'll send you sales tips and motivational nuggets from time to time. Lastly, if you'd like to book me for either appearances or speaking engagements, just send an email to my team at team at shutthehellupandsell.com.